The Word is for everyone. It's alive and active, filled with wisdom, truth, and hope. Understanding and interpreting its pages can seem overwhelming, but this podcast is here to help. This is Unschooled and Ordinary. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Unschooled and Ordinary podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. I'm here with Angie and Ben Wade. What's up, y'all? How are you doing today? Tyler, man, I'm doing great. We're missing one around the table. I know. I miss Brandy. It's not the same. I thought she was just late. Where is she? She's riding a roller coaster. Yeah. Currently. As we speak. (laughs) Actually, she's probably just waiting in line. I've just been envisioning her, like, having so much fun, trying to live through her back here in Mississippi. (laughs) I bet she gives motion sick. No. We'll have to ask her about it next week. Yes, we will. Brandy, come back. Brandy, come back. (laughs) Sorry, no more of that. On a serious note, Ben, can you start us off with a joke? (laughs) I guess, but... (laughs) I did, it really wasn't a joke. I was just trying to tell y'all a story about oh. last night. What oh, this, this was real life? Yeah, man. Oh. Like, um, Lacey, and I, Lacey and I got in a pretty big argument last night, and she mentioned something about being tired of me not listening, and I just thought that was the strangest way to start a conversation. <laughs> So thank, I can't but imagine I appreciate, what the I, argument was about. Thank you that you think my life's a joke, though, Tyler. I appreciate it. <laughs> you can see my confusion. Let's get into, let's, let's keep rolling. All right, here we are. I think we are in week five of being in the book of Romans. Today we are in chapter five, looking at verses one through 11. So how about we do it this way, Ben? If you would read that full section for us, and then we'll go back and break it down verse by verse and um, just look at some things that God's Word gives us. I got it, and um, thank you for asking me to read since our designated reader is not here. But it made me think about house churches and house church pastors and having people read out loud. It's probably always a good idea to mention it to people beforehand if you have not asked them to read out loud, mm-hmm. just kind of while you're eating or whatever. If you think, hey, would you read this passage out loud? I'm going to call on you because some people might not like to do that. So just a way to ease them into it. Well, Ben, uh, I was so confident in having you read because I know you've been in the school system for such a long time. <laughs> I, can, I can handle it, but it did make me think about that. All right, here we go. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
through whom we have now received reconciliation. Beautiful. So if uh, this is your first time hearing this passage, or if you have not taken time to study it, you'll realize there is a lot there, a lot of words that we may need to define and break down. So how about this? Let's go to verse 1. I'll read it, and then we'll just dialogue on that and work our way from there, okay? Mm -hmm. Therefore, as Ben would say, what is that? Therefore... (laughs) Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What are some things right there that jump off the page at you? Uh, the first with me, you know, we I think we talked a little bit about there's some words in, in Romans that just simply reading it on my own has been intimidating before in the past. And like, so the first word that I have probably spent a lot of time acting like I knew what it meant, but really didn't that I come across in this verse is justified. And I heard that word explained uh, recently about, like, read it like this, just as if I'd. So, like, when I read that verse, um, therefore, since we have been justified through faith or just if I'd never sinned. Yes. Because of, through through faith, right? And so just that little tidbit that I learned recently kind of helped me read that whole passage. I like that because it's memorable. I mm-hmm. think that'll, um, I don't know, stick in my mind a little bit more as I read Scripture and come across that that term. Um, another thing that stuck out to me in that verse was when it talked about peace with God because when I think about peace, I'm always thinking about, like, the peace that God provides and that He gives, this peace of mind, this mm-hmm. this um, peace that that we feel from Him. But this says peace with God, and it is associated more with not being his enemy anymore. Like we are now at peace. Once we've been justified through faith, we are now at peace with him. And it's not about him giving us peace, but we are at peace with him. That was a little different for me to, I guess, um, view that scripture in. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. So if you follow the paper trail, justified, just as if I'd never sinned, faith, meaning firm persuasion, peace with God. Okay. So Since we have been justified, since we are now treated as if we have never sinned because of our firm persuasion, because of our faith, we are now no longer enemies with God. We now have peace with God. That makes so much sense. That's a beautiful breakdown of this first verse. And just on that topic, justification, you know, that just by definition that assumes that there are people who are enemies to God. They are, they are opposed to God, or maybe more accurate, God is opposed to them because of sin. So the, just the fact that we say we have been justified, that means there was a time where we were not justified. And I think that's important for us to know that, that everybody needs to be justified through their faith in Jesus in order to then have peace with God. Verse 2 says this, Through whom we have gained access, whom be in Jesus, through whom we have gained access by faith, there that word is again, into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. The thing that I see right there that I looked up was that little phrase, we have gained access. So the history of that word would 
denote to um, a citizen of the kingdom being given access to the king. Uh, the king had a servant that worked for him who would who would vet the people who were coming to see the king, and they would prep them for their visit with the king. So if somebody came in, they were they were washed and they were given clothes that were appropriate for the king's presence, and that that regular citizen then had access to the Almighty King. So it's saying through our faith in Jesus, we are given this access. We are dressed. We are clothed in righteousness. And thus we have direct access with God the Father. I just think that's so awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And I love how you pick out like little bitty phrases that may be just easily read past very quickly. And, and bring out so much more meaning in that. But you said, I looked it up. So just like a little side note, like what do you do when you look up something in Scripture? Like when you study that and you're like, oh, I want to know what that means. Like what do you do? Yeah, so I have a concordance that I use. Um, I got it a long time ago. But you can get one off of Amazon, <laughs> um, Blue Letter Bible, that app, or the website. I use that a good bit. Um, we, we've mentioned the Bible Project before, something very simple and you can follow them on YouTube. They've got some great explanations of just little words like that. Yeah, there's so many resources out there. I don't think we can mention enough like where this information comes from because we're not that smart. <laughs> yeah, we are not shy on resources. <laughs> Verse 3 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance or patience would be another word for that. Verse 4, Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. All right, right there, verses 4 and 5, um, 3, 4, and 5. What do you see? I hung out there a whole lot this week. There's so much there. But one of the more interesting things I think I came across was um, in terms of that word suffering, um, again, I was in Blue Litter Bible, and I read this and kind of looked a little bit more into it. But the word suffering there is also the same root word that, and if you turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, that's the section of Scripture that talks about how um, narrow is the gate and, and how wide is the, the gate that leads to destruction and narrow is the path that leads to life. Mm -hmm. And so that root word is the same form of the word that's listed in Matthew as narrow. So at first when I when I read that I, I was like, wait, that doesn't even make sense to me because this is a, this is suffering and then that word is narrow and how does the two relate? But when you read it, the the part of that scripture is describing that that narrow road, it is a road of suffering. Like mm -hmm. it is the verb form of the same word here that we read in Romans 5:3. And so to know on the front end if you choose this gift of God to be justified by faith and to be at peace with God, it is going to ensure that you have a road of suffering um, that you live through. We all will suffer. So I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, this is the only way you're going to suffer in life. Everybody's going to suffer, but it's the second part of that verse in Matthew where it says this this narrow road, this suffering road leads to life. Mm. And that's the only way to find the true life is through taking this truth. And, and here Paul lays it out so well 
and saying, yes, we're going to suffer, but it, but God's doing something in it. He's working in it. It causes perseverance. That perseverance causes your character. That character gives you ultimate hope, and that hope leads to the life that I died for. Mm-hmm. So it's such a pretty picture that I would have never connected those two scriptures with um, without those resources, you know, kind of digging into the scripture a little bit more. Yeah, and it's so counterintuitive because I know for me, I am praying all the time, Lord, I don't want to suffer. I don't <laughs> yeah. say it in those words, but, you know, it's like health, wealth, and prosperity. Help me be more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Lord, I, I am your servant. I belong to you. You know, you're as good as the day is long. It's so hard mm-hmm. to view suffering mm-hmm. in a good light, like That's... to think that it's good for you. Right, and and back to that root word you were talking about, it means to press, like kind of like grapes are pressed to produce juice or to produce wine. Mm-hmm. Like there is a pressing that has to take place, and that's just a simple truth of our lives. Like we want to, as humans, we want to take the path of least resistance as often as possible, but that is what runs contrary to our growth. Hearing you, y'all talk about that, like I, I know just for me personally, for the longest time in my life, I had like the opposite view of challenges, problems, sufferings, you know, and could would get really quick to internalize the like, man, if this is, if I'm going through this, like what's wrong with me? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if some of these problems or these challenges or um, walking through some of these things, well then inherently... Um, if I'm not, I must not be doing something right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, it made me think about our conversation last week um, about s- suppressing the truth, right? Yeah. And and just a little bit, a hint of that of that lie of, uh, or, or there could be some truth to, yeah, you know, hey, there were some decisions I made along, along the way that have found me in this position or in this circumstance um, but how they, how I in my brokenness can so twist it to it became about something inherently wrong, you know, with me, and that led to lead to a really unhealthy place. But to flip it in that, like, man, God uses those things to grow us, to build our character. That's right. Um, it's been completely transformative, really, for my thought process. Yeah. You know, when you when you talk like uh, about that experience and like how you used to think, I, I think we find it it's normal to want to justify or understand why mm-hmm. we go through the things that we do, and whether it's not something that you know we feel we've done or whatever. It it makes me think about uh, the story of Job and how you know clearly if you know anything of Job's story, it was suffering. I mean, he had so much he went through. But in the first two chapters, God tells him twice when he's when he's talking with with Satan, he says on Job's behalf, you know, have you considered my servant Job because he is a blameless and upright man? Like he God thinks so much of him mm. that he trusts him with the suffering that he's going to allow. And mm. I think it's mm. hard mm. to to see that and feel that that we could actually possibly have God speaking on our behalf, saying, hey, I trust this one. This one's mine. I know she can make it through this. I know he can make it through this. Therefore, I'm going to allow it. So to think that God had that much confidence in Job or that he could have that much confidence in us has to help me want to persevere, to prove him right, you know, to say, yes, I can do this. I want to do this for him. I don't know that I've ever thought about stewarding challenges, you know, stewarding. I'm trying to to get out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and stewarding those seasons. 
Yeah, and I don't know if we've talked about this in the past, but either we we can we can pray that God will get us out of a situation, or we can pray that He will get us through a situation. And those two things are different because if we just want to get out of it, we're not going to grow from it. But if we can get through it and see how God brought us through and see how much better we are on the other side of it, then that that's a spark that's a part of spiritual transformation. And you know this whole topic of of suffering. You know, we read Proverbs, and Proverbs is very clear. Like if, like Matt Smith would say, if you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. <laughs> <laughs> what a great saying. Tweet that. <laughs> um, but then not all suffering is because of choices we made. And I, I think, like, back to what you were saying, Ben, there, there's this theology in the American church, this moralistic therapeutic deism, meaning if I do the right thing, God is going to make me feel good, and God is going to bless me. And that's just not always true. And it, it's like if you look at, a, if you look at a, a teenager, and all parents want to protect their kids, right? We don't want them to hurt or to suffer. But if we, if we keep them insulated and protect them from heartache, then when mm-hmm. they become adults, they don't know how to deal with it. And that's, that's part of suffering too. Like, yeah. like God, it's the scripture, God's not going to put more on you than you can bear. Um, because it's, it's this, progr- this process, like God is maturing us as we go. And some of the greatest people we know are people who have endured hardships mm-hmm. and they made it through on the other end. It's like, I want to be like those people. Yeah. I haven't done this in a couple of weeks, but I'm going to read something from my commentary. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping so, because I was losing hope. We missed hope. that. <laughs> yes. Well, all right, here's, here's what it says. Um, the two-sided reality of the Christian life. On the one hand, we are complete in Christ. Our acceptance with Him is secure. On the other hand, we are growing in Christ. We are becoming more and more like Him. At one and the same time, we have the status of kings and the duties of slaves. We feel both the presence of Christ and the pressure of sin. We enjoy the peace that comes from being made right with God, but we still face daily problems that often help us grow. If we remember these two sides of the Christian life, we will not grow discouraged as we face temptations and problems. Instead, we will learn to depend on the power available to us from Christ who lives in us by the Holy Spirit. Mm, I like that. Well, there you go. Well, y'all, we are getting close to being done, and we're only halfway through this text. So let me just throw out a couple things that caught my attention, and you can check it out sometime. Um, in verse 6, we see the word powerless, while we were still powerless. Take note of Romans 1.16 that we studied just a few weeks ago and how the gospel of Jesus is the power of salvation. So be sure to cross-reference that and, and uh, wrestle with that tension right there. And then in verse, um, where is it? verse 9, we see, Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath? So again, a few weeks ago, uh, verse one or chapter one, starting in verse eighteen, is all about God's wrath, which how how Kyle so beautifully showed us that it is not that God's sending something down to destroy us; He is removing His presence from us and really giving us what we want. So pay attention to how um, our justification through the blood of Jesus is saving us from God's wrath, which is saving us from ourselves. There's some there's some great stuff right there, and be sure to check out the word reconciliation. Break that down 
and, and understand what that means right there. So we're about to conclude for this episode, but just want to um, encourage you as you're leading a house church or those of you who are in a house church, be sure, man, through the week, open your Bible. And when you are getting ready to go to house church, be prepared, be willing to contribute and engage in the conversation. Be sure to have your Bible with you. And for those of you who are leading a house church, um, you know, look, look for ways to have dialogue with everybody because I, I really think people are diving into God's Word and seeing the richness that it provides, and there's great conversations that can be had as a result. So with all that being said, thank you for being a part of another episode of the Unschooled and Ordinary Podcast. We will catch you next week. Peace. Unschooled and Ordinary is an original podcast from Venture Church. While this podcast is great for individual study, The Word really comes alive when we talk about it and apply it to our lives in house church. House churches are small groups of believers gathered in homes for a meal, scripture study, discipleship, and prayer in a trusted community of faith. They meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. in homes throughout South Mississippi, and you can join anytime. To find a house church near you, visit venturechurch.org slash housechurch.